What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Hope you're having an awesome Tuesday. Good start to your week so far. Uh, We have a really fun, jam-packed episode for you today, starting off with our weekend recap, our fun conversation where Tim and I just kind of chop it up for a little bit, update each other what's going on in our lives, and update you guys as well. Then we kind of get into a a Scott Motts segment. We'll kind of detail what that is, but we each have a current event, uh, good uh, mental habits and and things to do uh, from the same author, uh, really gets down and dirty with that. And then afterwards, we do talk about Colin Kaepernick, NFL, things going on, so don't want to miss that. Gets a little spicy. And then we go through our RLEs, our real-life experiences. I talk about adding some more discipline to my life and my No Vice November and how that's impacted me only in positive ways. And then end with our book talk, getting down and nerdy with it. Still on Aubrey Marcus, uh, good sources of food. Cook for yourself, pack your own lunch, go out a little less if you can. Tim, where do you take us today? Yeah, in uh, the current events section, this is a great episode. I'm excited for you guys to listen to this. We talk about handling criticism in the right way. It's We understand when someone tells you you're not doing something right, it's easy to have an emotional reaction. But we talk about the proper healthy ways to react to something when someone tells you how to do something better, um, ways you can improve your emotional intelligence in this regard. So pretty cool spot there. And then real life experience, I talk about how I am going the extra mile with my resume writing service and how you yourself, whether it's delivering a project at work, whether it's running your own business, how you can make yourself unique by under-promising and over-delivering. So different ways to do that. Um, And then in the show talking about the book Sell or Be Sold by Grant Cardone and how sitting down for a conversation, how it can impact the quality of the conversation and your ability to persuade someone. So a lot of cool stuff in this episode with emotional intelligence, uh, interpersonal relationships, and just going the extra mile within perfecting your craft. So without further ado, Enjoyed this episode, number 98, on Tuesday. How's your weekend? It was good, man. Yeah? Was a lady in town? Mm-hmm. Right on. Friday night, went to eat downtown, and then went to eat downtown again last night. Nice. Got some work done this weekend. Yeah. What'd, what'd you guys did, eat? Did you know that uh, sideburns originated from Indiana? Sideburns. Mm-hmm. The Burnside Inn, Mass Ave, yeah. downtown Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, it was like named after that Civil War general, uh, Burnside or whatever his name is. And he oh. had like sideburns. And that's that was his nickname, Sideburns. His last name was Burnside. Sideburns. And that's where Sideburns originated from. What? So got drinks there and then ate at Bakersfield, which is this place downtown that does like really cool tacos. Mm-hmm. And they have great margaritas for people who have never been there in Indianapolis. Really good. Yeah. And they got $2 tacos on Tuesday at 10 p.m. I don't know who's eating that late on a Tuesday, but they had that special there. Shit. I'll eat that late on a Tuesday. Yeah. Facts. Right after yoga. Facts. Man. That's a... I love fun facts. So we originated sideburns. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it had to start from somewhere. Indiana. What was? Sideburn City, baby. That's right. Circle City no more. All about the facial hair. Speaking of yoga... Had a small bicep strain last week, overstretched. Oh, really? Yeah, I felt it immediately. Like could have could have been could have been a lot worse. It was just a slight overstretched strain. Mm-hmm. So like I've been doing some band work this weekend. Took a few days off. This week I'll get back to like some presses and pulls and things. Ease into it, I'll be fine. But it's not like a tear off the bone, shriveled up, up into my bicep, one of those tears. Just a fucking nuisance. is all it is. And I was like yoga. We were doing some binds for shoulder work that day, and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to push it. trying to open my shoulders up. Strain it bicep. Like, son of a bitch. So I was thinking about that the whole class. It was like first 20 minutes, too. I was like, of course. Live and learn, man. Learn my lesson. So you did it right before yoga? No, it was during yoga. Oh. Yeah, we were doing some different binds I've never done and trying to push it a little too much, I think. And usually I'm good about letting my body stop me where it stops me. And shoulders is something, it's a restriction of mine I've been trying to work on. Tried to push it a little too much. Overstrained a bicep trying to work my shoulders. Mm. So did you have to stop the class early? No, I I was still able to do it. So like that was a good sign. I didn't lose like strength. Mm -hmm. I even did a few curls afterwards just to see how it felt. No pain. Then I had one of my docs just do a few tests. He's like, yeah, definite strain. Felt really knotted up, uh, more up in the shoulder. Um, 
and so dry needled it just took it easy end of last week did some band work yesterday today um over the weekend and then it'll be fine like i said could be a lot worse so thankful for that but just a nuisance mm-hmm. is all it was so it feels a lot better palpably not as knotted and twisted and tight but mm-hmm. still had to take care of it back off yeah and small things like that make you appreciative for when it is working properly mm-hmm. and someone like you who values like flexibility with their body i'm sure when one thing's off it messes with you so yeah so and then i uh dude kind of on a whim got my arm touched up again with my tattoo guy on friday i saw that I saw yeah that I, I didn't i had that planned out for next month but i was going to try to move it up or back because of um a bachelor party i have in december i didn't want it healing over that or if we were in a hot tub or something we'll be in colorado and uh so my guy hits me up on friday towards the end of my work day and uh, he's like hey man my whole day just canceled um you want to come in and, and do our touch up i'm like well yeah shit just got paid that day figured gonna happen anyway and this time this way it gives me time for it to heal before i travel mm-hmm. yeah why not so uh did that on friday man touch-ups are the devil's playground and I did not know going in. Probably a good thing that touch-ups feel the worst. Why is that? Uh, hitting a spot that's already been hit. So it's like, since he's touching up a few things, just where it was inside my arm, like can rub against things, and bigger pieces usually need a little extra juice. But, man, because it's already been like worked over, mm-hmm. so you're hitting it again. So it's like, think you get a paper cut, and you cut the same exact paper cut with another piece of paper. So it's like ouch, adding insult yeah. to injury. So yeah, it, it wasn't pleasant. But me and him had a good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that episode, we're interviewing him on the podcast. So watch out for that. That'll be fun. Yeah, but still a good time. At the same time, not a good time. It was just, oh. How long did it take? Uh, with stops and breaks included, probably two and a half hours. So it was probably an, an hour 45, two hours of actual work on the arm. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of good deep breathing, a lot of diaphragmatic breathing. I have music going in one ear, then I talk to him, and then he knows when I start to shut up and just breathe, I'm also getting yelled at in my other ear. So it's like, mm-hmm. got to get through it. So he used a numb spray a couple times, but we tried to go initially as long as we could without it. Oh, man. I bet that drive home was tough. You got to make sure you like don't, oh, move, don't move your arm. <laughs> see, I think the worst part about it is that night. When everything kind of wears off, your adrenaline's off or lower, you know, if you use a numb spray, which they do for bigger pieces, like that wears off. And then, so the thing about it, when he's working, like when he stops, the pain stops. Later that night, when it all wears up, it's just constant razor blades in my arm. Then it it wore off a little bit later before bed. But I was like, man, sharp, but worth it. Yeah, I mean, worth it. This this small time period of pain is going to be worth how good it's going to look. And I'm glad that, like, we're now officially done with that part of the arm. Mm -hmm. Like, that's done. Yeah. So, not a massage up in the bicep. Took up the whole arm, too. But, whoo, whoo, good time. Do your parents know yet? They know about the coordinates initially, like my first one. Okay. When I didn't know what to fill it with. Yeah. They don't know that it's all filled in. (laughs) They got enough going on. They can find out next summer. Right, right. Or unless they listen to this episode, then cast out of the bag. When the time is right. Well, at the first one, like the initial response was like, well, it's, you know, not up in your neck or on your face or anything. And I'm like, I hear nothing but green lights. Mm -hmm. It's go time. So that is what it is. Could be worse. My journey anyways. But uh, Tim, what's going on in the world, man? Yeah, I think a lot of companies right now they're doing their uh, they're like employee reviews where the employees sit down with the managers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk talk a little bit about handling criticism the right way. Okay, because we talk a lot about emotional intelligence on here, uh, how you conduct yourself, how you give off and react to things. Um, so there was an article on Inc. dot com by S- Scott Motts, who's a keynote speaker, and you you actually. Your article that you picked out this week is actually by the yeah. same exact guy. Which I had no idea. Like me even neither. when you sent me topics, I was like, I was cruising through. I didn't 
put one in one. I got three, I guess. And mm-hmm. welcome to the Scott Motts section of the yeah. the uh, episode today. Right. So he talks about like different ways to handle criticism by like showing good emotional intelligence. Is the first thing is stop your first reaction in its tracks. Which, from what I get from that, whenever someone like gives you criticism criticism about things that you could do better your immediate first reaction is to, to react in an emotional way. Mm-hmm. Like what you, I mean, you've been confident in what you've been doing. It's been right to you. And then someone tells you that you should be doing things differently. And that can take a hit to our ego. Sometimes that can ruin our flow. Um, so our first reaction is usually to not look at the other person in a favorable light for pointing that out. So first stop that your first reaction is trash and it's tracks and focus on the actual feedback that they're giving you not what you're feeling from the feedback or the bite from the feedback. Um, Cause at the end of the day, he talks about this as well as criticism from anyone we've talked about on here too, is if people really do care about you, they're criticizing you because they want to strengthen you, not weaken you. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the emotional, I mean the, the viewpoint you should take at it um, and consider like the intent of the criticism, not the intent, not the criticism itself. Um, so this is one of the things where you should always go out and like seek, seek feedback from people because of this reason. Um, but when people are talking to you like that, don't look at it in an emotional way, but like, look at it, like how it's go- going to strengthen you. So that's kind of what stuck out to me this week. Cause in my job right now, like I really want to establish the communication channel with the people I work with and really talk about like, Hey, like how, how should we commu- be communicating with each other? How should we be like evaluating each other? So I think nipping that at the front is so key in like any type of relationship between you and your boss. And I'm sure you you get that all the time with mm-hmm. your boss too. Like you you can't be better unless someone criticizes you. And right. I think when we hear the word criticize, like we automatically think of it as a negative thing. Yeah. Because in in a lot of different capacities, criticism is showing what's wrong with it. But yeah, it's doing that, but it's also showing you that because you need to be better and right they want you to be better it's the intent behind it so and, and to your point it's at first kind of that that bite of like man like no what i did was right it's like well well not quite and to your point of they want to strengthen you like if they didn't want you to get better if they didn't want to keep you around which they do because they're not firing you mm-hmm. like if they didn't think you were worth it they just fire you and get right. someone else to fill it so they like you. They want you to get better because you have value to give. Um, and the second, like, it, it reminds me of a chapter from Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Like, seeing the innocence in, in that criticism or that feedback. Like, see where they're coming from. So if you're in a smaller business, more private business where, you know, someone started it from nothing and it's turned into something pretty sweet, like, no one's going to care about their business more than them or your business more than you. No one cares about off the dome, off the dome more than you and me. No one ever will. It's just right. the way it's going to go. Even when people work for us and they really like it, it's, it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So see that they want to make sure everything is really working as best it can be. And think about that project they, that you might be criticized on or just given some good critical feedback. Was every T crossed and every I dotted? Mm-hmm. Like was everything as tip top as it could have been? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, ah, yeah, I probably could have touched that up a little better. Yeah, I'm sure we can always touch it up a little better. Um, but you know, take that breath, see the innocence. Like, okay, I, I didn't lose my job. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still here. It's just a small thing to make better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and being upfront about that too. Like whether like you're receiving criticism or if you're giving criticism to someone else, always be like. It's always good to be up front <clears throat> and let them know your intent behind it too. Because mm-hmm. not always will people say why they're giving you feedback, but it's always good to let them know like, hey, like I've made this same mistake myself before. Because most oftentimes when someone's giving you feedback, they've been in your shoes before in some type of way. Yeah. So I think it's important to when you're giving feedback to tell someone like, hey, like I've made this mistake at some point in my life too. Like I was once in your shoes. This is how you can do it better. Instead of just saying like, hey, you're wrong. Like, mm-hmm. cause if you don't say that, like it makes it seem like you've never, like you never made a mistake in your life yeah. and that could impact badly on someone else. And like the way you react to criticism, if you react in a positive way, 
that person is more likely to give you even better feedback in the future. Because if you react mm. like emotionally, they're going to be less likely to give you feedback because of the way you react to things. Right. So, yeah. And I'm glad you, glad you brought up delivery too, because that's such a big component. It's not just on mm. the receiver. You know, it's okay. Did you really bring the hammer and were you kind of a dick about it because maybe you had a bad day or was like, hey, you know, you're doing really, really good work. Mm-hmm. There's just a few things I think we can touch up and make it that much better and help you level up faster. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a totally different uh, end of the spectrum. But yeah, I'm gl- glad you brought delivery because that's, <clears throat> I think that's the thing managers screw up the most. Mm-hmm. And having been on the receiving end of both good and bad, it's like, ah, word choice, just a little bit better. Yeah. Because if it's poor word choice, then that person probably won't try to do much better for you. And their job as an employee, you know, especially in bigger areas or corporations, is to make the manager look better, mm-hmm. essentially. I mean, so, yeah, I think I agree with you. Delivery is is as equally important mm-hmm. as how we take it. So. And, and, like, written feedback, too. Because, like, a lot, of, a lot of people send emails, like, especially in a corporate setting, especially if you're, like, working in a remote role. Like, if you're giving feedback over email, it's even more important for your delivery because... Mm. That's one thing about my freelance writing job that I like is I've never met any of these people, like the people who I report to, my managers for that company, who assign me all my assignments and like review and edit everything and like finalize everything and turn my work in. I've literally never talked to them on the phone before. I've never talked to them face to face before. So like the way they communicate over email, I like the way, like if they're telling me something to improve in my writing, they're always like upfront about how important things are and like the intent behind their feedback. And that helps me like realize that they're not telling me that because they think I'm a bad writer, but because they're telling they want the best quality work possible and they know that I can give them quality work. So mm-hmm. I like the way that they have all, like the intent that they communicate as to why they want things fixed. Like it, it, it makes it healthy communication. So, and that applies in, in corporate settings too, because I'm sure you got to give feedback to people who don't necessarily sit in the same office as you or, sit somewhere else or you just don't see them that day so you got to send them an email so doing it written form is, is key too so that's big yeah but what do you got for current events yeah well continuing with the scott mouse uh segment of the day <laughs> um new segment uh he he talked about a two minute mental habit to do after a long day so if it made you angry or sad or super frustrated you know, we're all going to have those days, no matter where we work, who we work for. If it's for ourselves, we're all going to have bad days. But he had two main things that he wanted to focus on. And the first one has four quick questions to kind of ask yourself uh, as friendly reminders. So one, focus on the sentence that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. And, you know, in certain situations, it's easier to say that if things are going right, this and that. But this is just a bad day. So... You know, think there's 7 billion people in the world. Are you going to let between 1 and 10 maybe bring you down and destroy you? Mm-hmm. Let, let's try to be, be stronger than that. But it's just a bad day. Uh, and then it reminds you the view that you can see the day's events uh, as a choice. Like how you see the day's events as a choice. So are you going to not learn from it or be like, okay, what went wrong? Was it something I did? Did I do my job right and someone maybe had a bad day? Uh, did someone come down on someone else above me? So there's four questions to ask. Did the day weaken you to the point of ruin or make you stronger in some way? Like, was there absolutely zero benefit no matter which way you look at it? Did the day cause irreparable damage or was it a minor setback you can recover from? So like, did you get fired? Or is it just someone got in your grill a little bit that day? You know, can you bounce back? Did the day cause others to truly doubt you or merely you to doubt yourself? So is it someone really losing faith in you? Again, did you just lose your job because they don't trust you? Or is it something that just got you writing stories in your head? But we've all been there too. And finally, did the day highlight what a complete loser you are or simply that you've gotten a gift and something you can work on to improve? Hmm. And I like seeing things as we have a gift. Um, I remember when I was having dinner with Dr. Andy Galpin, he's like, yeah, man, when I was younger, like, I was told I have ADHD. Like, fuck no. I just don't care about things I don't care about. He goes, I can stay up till 5 a.m. reading about things I like, and it's, oh, time to go to work. 
And I'm fine. He goes, it's not a character flaw. It's a superhero or a superpower. So it's like you have gifts and superpowers. You don't have flaws or you're not a loser. There's just, it can always be better. Like nothing will ever be perfect. We can always get better. Um, so kind of Gary V to his point on that one, like just put the content out. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be perfect. Uh, and the second thing uh, with this is it's gratitude that turns what we have into enough and more. So give yourself those like 10 seconds to grieve, be sulky a little bit, but then get back to the fact of that you are enough and that you have enough. So, you know, sometimes it's like, oh man, I'm thankful I have a truck with heat or I'm thankful for my bed. Like that's pretty awesome. Because uh, it's hard to feel bad about things when you view it stacked up next to the abundance that you do have in life. Mm-hmm. So everything going right for you. You had one day going bad, but you have everything else going right for you that a lot of people probably don't have. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, I'm doing pretty okay. Yeah. Not where I want to be, but doing pretty okay. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, just quick two minutes. Take your breaths. Uh, focus on, you know, your reaction or your response, you know, what, what are you going to view it as? And then did it really bring you to your knees or is it something that can be slept on? Um, mm-hmm. And then be grateful. You know, it's hard to be in a bad mood when you're actually truly grateful. Right. So, yeah, just two minutes. Scott Motts um, seems he has quite the career as a leader, mentor, uh, entrepreneur, business owner, uh, and employee from his perspective. So, yeah, two minutes, end of the day. Just get through it. Yeah. And like with everything like so accessible, like social media and there's so many, it's marketing is at an all time high right now. There's always something more to buy. There's always something more to add to your collection of stuff. And there's always, we just live in a more society just because everything's so accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's always, it's always important to just be thankful for what you have. And gratitude gives you the energy to do more with what you do have so that you can have things that you want. So instead of like focusing on what you want, focus on what you have and that should power you to put in the work to get mm-hmm. things you want. But that's not what you should always be looking towards. Yeah. So I appreciate bringing that up, man. Yeah, man. It's, I, it's, it's such an important thing to, to, to really do. And I think it's like at the end of the day, like instead of, because I find myself doing this sometimes too, instead of ending the day on Instagram or ending the day on Twitter or ending the day, like looking at things that other people have really focus on the last thing of your day being you thinking about like everything you do have. Cause I mm-hmm. think that just, it's good for your psyche. I feel like it's yeah. good, for, good for your brain. It just do that. So yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing brother. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Well, Hey Scott Motts, welcome to off the dome radio. <laughs> Co-host today. <laughs> Um, so I think we need to go over, there's a lot of NFL and Colin Kaepernick stuff. Mm-hmm. Interested on thoughts. I know we were going to follow up, uh, with Jay-Z's partnership with Roger Goodell as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sent me that, wanted to, uh, retouch that base. So what, what do you think, uh, about the workouts, the change of venue, everything? Stephen A. Smith, he yeah, went in. Stephen A. Smith, He man. went off. Yeah, cause, Okay. Just background story, like Colin Kaepernick, I'm, if you don't know who he is or if you do, he, he's he been out of the NFL for three years. He At one point, he was a, he was a very accomplished quarterback in the NFL, or he still is. Um, took his team to the Super Bowl, successful with the 49ers. Um, spoke out against racial injustice, police brutality. Knelt uh, while the flag was going on. Um, and when he was last in the NFL, he he was he was performing pretty poorly. He was playing on a one eleven team, but he's been out of the league for three years, and everybody has been argued like he is good enough to be in the NFL. But he there's been increased belief that he's been quote unquote blackballed by the NFL because of the way he's approached things and the way he's gone about things. Um, so he had a workout that was scheduled by the NFL on Saturday of this recording. Um, with a bunch of teams. I think all 30 teams, scouts, ended up coming. Um, and I liked the fact that there was – we could at least breach, like, breach this again and because like, this is his chance. Yeah. Like this is his chance to get back into the NFL, which I'm glad that he is getting another chance to do it again. Um, but then there were some other things that happened on Saturday where uh, the media wasn't going to be available for the thing. Um, it wasn't going to be open to the public. It was only going to be for the scouts. It was at the Atlanta Hawks practice facility, and they 
Colin Kaepernick's camp changed everything last minute. Like they had it, his camp had it moved this tryout that he was doing. They had to move to a public high school in Atlanta so that the media could be uh, could have access. And I'm pretty sure, like Nike is trying to make like a commercial out of this too. Hmm. Like they had like cameras there for Nike to like film this and stuff. Um, and he like spoke to the media for like thirty like uh, like ninety seconds afterward. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a fan of him getting getting the opportunity. Um, I I can't decide whether he's trying to make like it a media thing like how, how I kind of look at it is this is your chance to get back in the NFL. Just go do the tryout. Right. I think he's creating more work. I mean, I get it. He's, he's a face for things and he's, he, and he, I, I applaud him for, for putting passion into that, but this is your chance. Yeah. Go to the tryout and do the tryout, not yeah. all the extra stuff. And I hope all the extra like things that happened last minute doesn't impact anything. I don't know if it will. I don't think it will, but um, I just know there's a lot of reaction about from Stephen A who is the host of First Take on ESPN. He's probably the highest paid ESPN media, or media employee. Um, he didn't like the way that Colin Kaepernick made, made made an extra deal about changing the venue and doing all this stuff. Stephen A is convinced that he doesn't really want to play football again. He just wants to be a martyr mm-hmm. about things. Um, so I, I always, I've always applauded Kaepernick for standing for what he believes in, but it's just always been unclear to me as someone who's looking at this, like what his true intentions are with everything. Like, does he really want to get back in the league? Does he want to make a statement? So I've just been confused. I've been more confused looking at this, trying to see like, what's he really, what's he really want out of this? Um, So yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. I, uh, you know, to reiterate your point, I'm, you know, he brought up good issues that need to be addressed issues of, of real life things that, that shouldn't go on. Um, so I, I respect him in that aspect, but when he initially did it, I thought delivery could have been a little better, just off the bat. You know, I think there could have been different ways to go about it, but it is what it is. And yeah, to your point, it's what's the real motive? He had what he wanted. He wanted his tryout. He got his tryout. Mm-hmm. Like why throw wrenches in it? You know, it's it will get out anyway. Mm-hmm. The meat, it will be covered. Oh, yeah. It's it's like, you know, if you want to say things after, you can say things after. And then if someone cuts it or edits it, you can call that out too if you want. You know, go to town on this call-out culture. We got it. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is a, a whole different issue. But it's it's like, come on, throw the football. Like, how bad do you really want to play football? Mm-hmm. Get back in, and then if you want to have a different type of movement or, or say in things, then figure out a good way to do that. Uh, but I think teams are scared of taking it on or not, right. which stinks because, you know, and I don't know who will disagree, but like being a professional athlete is a privilege at the same time. It's like they're, they're still private entities. They can choose to not have certain buzz around them or not. And people can view that wrong or, or right, however you will. But I think teams are just scared of, a certain type of press either way. It's like if they don't sign him because they genuinely thought, well, he threw pretty good there, but at the end of the season, pressured, it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that might not be what is portrayed as the reasoning why. Or if they do, then it's like, okay, it's only a matter of time before we get more bad press like the first time. Mm-hmm. I think teams are just scared too. And even if it's like, even if he were to get signed to a team, it's not even a question of like, like good or bad press for the team. It's just the presence of the amount of press that's going to be in the locker room mm-hmm. after every single game, every practice, uh, and I, like in general, like the players themselves who p- play and like perform on these teams. I don't think they really like are inclined or like the media in the first place. Like because I, th- the media itself, we need it to report the news, and it's how we stay in tune with things. But it can become a distraction after a while like having that lingering over your head and you have the, the privacy aspect of the team. Cause they're there to get like priority. Number one is there to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Kaepernick, like he's, I, I will credit him. Like he has garnered a lot of attention for his cause. Absolutely. Um, he's, he's been a spokesperson for his cause. The people around him have been a spokesperson. Um, I just think teams are concerned. Like we, like our number one priority is to win a Super Bowl, and like him coming in could create like 
uh, a threat to that priority just because of the buzz around everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I, I hope for the best for him. I hope like things work out. Uh, but I can see why teams would be hesitant, not even because of what he believes in, but right. because of like everything. Because there there may be that aspect with some people. I don't know, but I just think at this point it's it's getting so much hype. Um, yeah, it's, and it's like those teams and coaches probably want the focus to just be on to your point the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like the focus should be football with what they're doing right now and not saying there shouldn't be focus on, on injustices and things, but I think, yeah, to your point, teams just want to play football and do well mm-hmm. and, and having, you know, the thought of, okay, media's here. I need to watch what I say, really watch it. Just not that they're saying bad things in locker rooms. I think they just want to keep it to themselves. Like in the locker room, that's the team. That's their mojo. Try to not have as much invasion on that as possible. Save it for later. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're, we're bonding. This is our time. We're decompressing. You know, it's an emotional game. There's a lot going on. So let's keep it in house for a while. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's unfortunate how touch and go it has to be or how uh, sensitive people have to be with, with certain decision making uh, when they're just trying to play football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Maybe he just wants to play football too and support a, a good cause at the same time. You know, find a good way to balance that out. But I think right now, just focus on how you're throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll see. Interesting, but we'll see. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I saw Jay Z kind of helps maybe get that rolling. I don't know. You know, that's just a headline. You know, media is going for headlines, but mm. it seemed like he was able to kind of strong arm a little bit to get that workout. So, it might work out. We'll see. See if teams bite on that or if they try to finish the season and go for next season. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, do you think if a team signed him, he would start or be a backup somewhere? Uh, he'd most likely be a backup at first. I don't think there's any teams that are like looking to sign a first string, but he could eventually turn into a starter. if Because yeah. if, I think that's kind of his doorway in is to become the backup, and then if, if circumstances arise where he could become the starter... Yeah, I don't think there's going to be a situation where he'll come in directly as a starter, but sure. we'll see. Based on the teams that were really interested in him. Yeah. So. What do you think about the rumors of Cam Newton going to Chicago? I know they're rumors. What, what do you think of that? I did mean, happen? I think anything at this point is a better option than what they have. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of like my roommates are Chicago Bears fans. And yeah. I mean, I'm, they like they like Mitch, but I like both the Bears and the Colts. I've lived in Indianapolis like seven, eight years now, so I like the Colts. I'm not as emotionally attached as as locals. I like the Bears, but I'm still from Indiana. Mm-hmm. I was at the preseason game, so I rooted for the Bears over the Colts. But it's not like I root against the Colts ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they just haven't had a really good quarterback in a really long time. They never have. It feels and I'm like, like, you know what? It's not like it can get any worse, right? Right. I mean, but... Uh, but when we're recording this, I hadn't watched the game yet. But last week, Mitch Trubisky threw dimes. Yeah, he was playing good last he's week. He's on fire. So it's like, bro, isn't that a lot more fun than not doing that? <laughs> isn't that more enjoyable? Yeah. Let's let's do more of that. But like when they did that extension with, with Jay Cutler, I was like, oh my gosh, it's way too long <laughs> and way too much money. Like, good grief. But Colts got a good win. They, yep. they put a clinic on today. <laughs> Shit. I love it, yeah. It's the biggest margin of victory. Yeah. Um, what do you got for an RLE, Tim? Yeah. So I want to talk about um, kind of applying this to my my resume writing self-business on the side. All right. Um, how, like, talking, like, I've been reading my book about, with Grant Cardone, about sales and seller be sold, and talking about making your product or service or value to someone differentiable and unique by adding like extra unique benefits and creating added value for people that they don't expect. Um, Cause like with, with resume writing, like the market out there, it's very competitive. There's a lot of people who write resumes for people and are getting paid to do it. Um, so just talking about adding extra benefits to things that people won't be able to get elsewhere. Uh, so I've been trying to apply this to my own resume writing service. Um, some of the things that I implement is responsiveness. Like if someone emails me a question in the middle of the night about an editor or something, I try to respond to someone within an hour if I can. Um, 
another thing that I do is when people give me their resume, I give them five designs back of different resumes that they can Mm. look at. Not just one, five different, completely different designs with the same content, but different. And if they don't like those five, I give them more. So that's another thing that I like to do is when people ask you to give you something, give them more. I'm not just talking about resume, right? I'm just talking about any type of thing, like whether it's at work, uh, whether you're doing a project for someone, always give them an extra added level of insight or option that they didn't initially ask for. Mm. So that's kind of how I do that with that. Um, I go the extra mile for my clients and give them, like they're obviously applying for jobs. And sometimes people have an idea of where they want to apply, but giving them extra insight about job openings in, in their area and doing extra research for them besides just giving them a resume back. That's another thing I do is giving them places where they can apply. Um, And then I also run it through a a technology where whenever you're applying to a place and send your resume somewhere, um, for the big job postings out there, usually your resume gets sent through like a technical like algorithm. Like it's not always first read by a human. It's sometimes goes through a system. So I signed up and bought a system that I can run someone's resume through and it'll tell me if it'll pass it. Oh, so nice. I spend the extra money for them so that they can get that. So bottom line is whether you're doing your own business, whether you're giving like a project, like delivering a project for someone at work, always go the extra mile and do something extra. It's kind of like the, the under promise over deliver type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like if someone tells you to get something to them by, if, if you know you're going to get something done by when, this Wednesday, tell them, Hey, I'll get it to you by Friday just so you can give it to them early. If someone asks you to do something, over-deliver and give them something extra that they didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what's been my mindset with this, and it's serving well so far. Because people are more likely to come back to you, for refer other people to you, come back for extra services if you gave them more than what they asked for. Right, so. that much better word of mouth. Yeah. Because you're just setting the bar a little higher. Yeah. Like that little extra system, I'm sure it's not... <clears throat> excuse me, I'm... You know, it's a little extra money out of your pocket, uh, but and it's probably just not a ton of extra work, but a Mm -hmm. little bit, just the right amount to where it's like, okay, slight edge, easy to do, easy to not do, Mm -hmm. where you've chosen to do it and they're like, oh man, not only do I have five extra designs that I didn't expect, uh, but he also runs through this scan where I know this is going to pass at least the first stage or two, and then to get in front of a human's eyes, then I have a real fighting chance. That's that's when the race starts, mm-hmm. once it gets to the human. Yeah. Um, and you adding extra designs just adds that extra bit of professional creativity mm-hmm. to enhance your portfolio and their view of your service of like, oh, whoa, he didn't just work on a single design. He gave me five different ones. Now I have options. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I had options. Maybe they tried someone before or someone, you know, in their college department doing this and they worked on one template. Mm-hmm. You're giving five different options of, oh, wow, I kind of like that a little better. Yeah, can we try that with this? And it's like then it looks just that much more aesthetically pleasing to the client mm-hmm. and ergo to whoever ends up viewing it because you got them through the machine stage. Like you're getting them started at the front of the starting line. Mm-hmm. People love options. Yes. People love controlling their own destiny. I was Yes, I'm glad you said it gives them that control because people still want to feel in control. Mm-hmm. And when you give them an option to choose from, you also give them their empowerment, and then it makes them think it was their idea. Right. And that always helps with selling. Exactly. Get them to think, oh, wow. Man, this was good. I'm glad I picked this design. Mm-hmm. I picked this really good design, which you provided. But you're their back end, the man behind the thing. Yep. So nice, just raising the bar a little bit. Just right, that man. little bit extra slide edge. Easy to do, easy to not do. When things get competitive, you got to differentiate yourself. Mm. Facts. I, I like it. I like it. So I have been this month, uh, aside from two days, Thanksgiving, and had a concert lined up with a bunch of friends, not doing any drinking. It's no vice November. And not that like... I drink a lot. Um, you know, if we go out, it's we're drinking while we shoot some pool for like a few hours. Uh, not going crazy or nothing, but I'm like, oh, let's just try it. See how it affects my training. See how I just feel overall. And it also turned into 
I wanted to add more discipline. So some days I get home, I cook, but I'm kind of just slow rolling it. I enjoy cooking, but I'll have something going on. I'll watch while I cook. And so um, I was like, okay, let's add more discipline because even though I do a lot, I could do it better. And so now it's, I'm more efficient with my cooking. I'm in and I'm out. Uh, Maybe I'll do laundry at the same time. And then that night I got my writing done, uh, reached out to X many people for interviews, maybe got some, maybe got none. And that's like, okay, uh, maybe I need to change my target right now. Uh, Get a different hashtag that maybe we hammer a little extra. Um, Because I took your advice on reaching people. Uh, I got a few through like mindset matters as a Mm -hmm. hashtag. We talk a lot about mindset. I'm like, all right, we'll probably get someone up our alley here. Uh, so it's doing things a little differently, putting a different efficiency into the time I work on it. And so far, it's good, man. I, I like where I'm headed because there's a big part of me. I got sick of not being where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's with this business, with my own coaching and stuff, because like those are my top two priorities. Like This business is a top priority. Mm-hmm. Um and I was like, okay, I've kind of been treating it like one. Now I need to really start treating it like it's my top priority. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm trying to, you know, just do the extra, write more blogs, add more posts throughout the day. You know, uh, it doesn't just have to be a single post. Maybe I'll find a fun story and post about it and ask people, you know, our small audience we do have right now, ask them, what are your thoughts? Try to get that engagement. Mm-hmm. Have them see like, yeah, we're real ass people. Um, I still need to up the story game a little better, but, uh, like I said, it's a lot more efficient and it's more disciplined and more, uh, direct in terms of my, my goal. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's weird, but I'm starting to feel like, like when you get the sense of, oh, I feel dangerous in a good way. Mm. Like I'm on the attack a little more than I thought I was. And now I'm really on the offensive. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, November, it's never too late in the year to have a few small changes, mm-hmm. change the tide a little bit. So yeah, momentum's a lot different in a good way. So, yeah, uh, we all have the time, mm-hmm. but it's all about aligning your goals with how you spend your time. Yep. We all, we all have the same 24 hours. Mm-hmm. People just dedicate their time better in certain ways and align with their goals. And I'm sure because you've cut some things out, that allows you even more time because mm-hmm. you had the time initially, but you're rearranging your priorities and you're adding additional time that you're not spending doing the stuff that you cut out. So Correct. It's great. And, and and yeah, it's it's all priorities. Yeah. Someone's like, oh, I ran out of time to do this. Well, would you prioritize instead? It's just, it's a priority driven mm-hmm. thing. We, we had a post about it recently. Uh, I think one of our quotes was just like, it's, it's all priority. Everyone has time mm-hmm. for anything and everything they want to do. It's what's the order of those things. Right. That's all it is. So, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. RLE, we're getting real. Go November. (laughs) Go go. November. What a great month. It is. Although I think I'm still going to shave. I need to clean it up a little bit. I need to too, man. Look at me right now. Yeah. Although I got some patients that got some mustaches that are on point. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure you see a lot. Yep. Uh, all right, time to get down and nerdy with it. What you got today, Tim? Yeah, sell or be sold by Grant ah, back Cardone. Back to Grant. Let's yes, go. sir. Um, talks about the concept of like closing a deal or finally getting someone your point of view. And he said something in the book that put my mind into deep thinking about things that I notice on a daily basis. Um, he says, standing like he talks about like. Talking with someone standing up versus talking with someone sitting down Hmm. when it comes to the context of persuading someone. He says, standing up is for walking. Sitting down is for closing. And he says, if you're really trying to persuade someone and give someone your full attention, you need to sit down with them and have a discussion rather than standing up. Um, Which is interesting because like one thing I notice in my job is like I work – I have like my offices are the different apartment complexes. Sure. Like a lot of times people will come in like looking for an apartment and they'll, a lot of times they'll come into the leasing manager, the person, the salesperson at, who sits at one of the desks at the office and says, Hey, I need an apartment for today. 
And a lot of times they'll want to like stand up and like have a conversation about what they want. But I noticed the good salespeople in my company who are trying to sell apartments, they'll, they'll let the person talk, but they'll be like, come over here and have a seat and let's talk mm. about this. How much different, like if, if you're having like a conversation at work with someone, like at, at, at passing by or and you, if you're discussing something that's kind of serious and you really want to like get your point across to someone, don't be afraid to ask to go sit down somewhere. Like, hey, is it okay if we go and sit down in your office? Or, hey, is it okay if we go down to the cafe or cafeteria and, and sit at a table and talk about this? Or if you're just in a room, be like, hey, can we just sit down right here and talk about this? Um, it shows that, like, you have closed off the possibility of just, walk, like, walking away from the conversation. Because mm. it's easy to end a conversation when you're already standing up. You just, like, oh, hey, like. So physically harder to get up and walk when you're sitting down. Yeah, like, when you go to sit down and talk with someone, you communicate to them like, like, hey, this is serious. Hey, I plan on like devoting my full attention to you rather than possibly thinking about walking away right now. It's like tougher to stand up. Yeah. So hearing that, like sit, standing up is for walking, sitting down is for closing. So like those serious conversations where you're trying to persuade someone, don't be afraid to just sit down. I like I that. I thought it was interesting. I like that. Super interesting. And it, I love it because it's so logical. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it's harder to physically get out of your seat and then walk away than if you're talking to someone. Like, I think it like a conference of any kind, too. If you stand a lot and someone's trying to, oh, yeah, this and this, it might just sound better when you're seated. Because mm-hmm. I think it's also more engaging as well. You know, standing, it seems like a little more distracted. There's a lot of more moving parts. But... I think it's just one of those things where it's a good reminder, especially if you're in that sales role of sitting down. Get them mm-hmm. to sit. That's already Italian in your win column. Yeah. So I like that. That's good. Not that I have I have to have many people. I deal with them laying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not selling either. I'm right, treating, right. So. But uh, I do like that a lot because I think when I was in sales, it was always standing because mm-hmm. I would go to actual people's homes. And be at the door. So it was all standing. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And I can think back to times when I was in sales where I didn't do it. Like they would pull me into a different room with like a table or something or like a different part of the office instead of just like the front lobby. Mm -hmm. And I had opportunities where I could have like sat down with the person, but I didn't. Like going back to think about it. Like it really does make a difference. And like those were the deals that I didn't end up closing. Interesting. So it's just, yeah, it is interesting. And it's like maybe sitting down also tells you that they're taking they're about to take more time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I know we've said it, but easier to get out of it faster when you're not sitting too. Because like sitting, okay, now we're engaged. Mm-hmm. Now we're right across from each other. Yeah. Good deal. Oh, yeah. Nice reads. Nice reads. Uh, so Aubrey Marcus, uh, Own the Day, Own Your Life. Importance of... Um, kind of cooking for yourself, packing your own lunches. And it seems, again, simple, but uh, also the importance of just watching for fillers, pesticides, um, artificial ingredients, you know, things that if it's just as artificially flavored, easy to spot, or glyphosate, that's a pesticide, uh, a sodium benzoate, um, you know, that's a, a, a what am I like, preservative. And, and certain food dyes uh, have been shown to increase, like, hyperactivity um so it's you know our food is very specific and it can get confusing but if you just pack your own lunch make your own foods as much as you can best you can then you really know what you're putting excuse me in your mouth like you know what you're giving your body so if you cook and buy crap at least you know if you kind of feel the same um but you know if you have good clean sourced foods and, you know, try different weird foods, you know, uh, fermented foods like a sauerkraut. It's like, uh, I don't know if I like sauerkraut. Cook it with some sausage. Start with something that you do like um, and, and go from there. Or I haven't tried a bok choy, but I see also Rogan eat bok choy. I think it's like mm. good in nutrients. I think it's a decent, like healthy vegetable carb source too. Um, so I haven't tried that. I might try that soon. But um yeah, Aubrey Marcus emphasizes just eating weird foods and trying different things um, to kind of help yourself a little more. You know, it's a little more effort to cook, but 
it's still cheaper than going out so much too. So, uh, you know, quality sources, buying quality foods, adding quality ingredients, you know, have your, you know, fun foods here and there for sure, but uh, watch for like the real dangerous stuff, like literal pesticides still in foods. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we can, the more we eliminate that, uh, and talk with our money, the the better quality that we're going to continuously see on the shelves. Mm-hmm. And re- do your research, read the label if you mm-hmm. need to. Yeah, be, look out for those things. And that's you know that's a little more effort too, but it's a quick scan. You know if you can see, you know for someone I I can't do dairy, have a dairy allergy. I look at something if it's something new I've never bought. I look at the contains in big and bold. If it contains milk, I don't need to read the whole ingredients list. Yeah. If it doesn't contain anything like that, then I might scan through. Are, are there, you know, any sort of preservatives or, you know, high fructose stuff, uh, anything, just bad oils and things? Uh, quick scan. So, little extra effort, but worth it for how you may feel in the long term. I love it. Yeah. So, all right, Tim, you got anything else? I think I'm good for today. All right, everyone. Hope you're having an awesome Tuesday. As always, we thank you and appreciate you for joining us. If you're enjoying the episode, please head over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Then after you do so, send us a DM on our Instagram at Off the Dome Radio. Give us your name, a good physical mailing address, not email. We get that quite a bit. Uh, but a good physical mailing address. We will send you a free laptop sticker uh, as soon as possible. So, Hope you enjoy your Tuesday, enjoy the rest of your week, don't take the foot off the gas, and we will talk to you on Thursday.